We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. Outside the through door. He'll get the flyby. Three on the way, and he rattles it in. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough. Step back. Gets up the shot. Bakes it in for This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast coming to you live May 1st. It is officially NBA Draft Lottery Month. We are a proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, the official podcast of SI Thunder. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. We've got Nick Crane with me tonight. Jordan Poole is really, really good. We've got Justin Peabody. Hello, everybody. And we have Taylor Peterson. Lou Dort is just Jordan Peele, but on the, or Jordan Peele, <laughs> Jordan Poole, but on the, uh, <laughs> just a lot of commercial, by the way, but on the Thunder, hot take. <laughs> Who is, All uh, right. who's the Thunder's Keegan-Michael Key? <laughs> I don't even know what that new Peele movie is about, but it looks cool. Don't need it, to. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so I'm like, I'll, I'll just go in side unseen. <laughs> yep looks uh looks very good nick do you know what we're talking about i saw i saw the trailer yes yeah, I I think it's called there's it. like there's the trailer and there's like steph like steph, walking into yeah. a random haunted barn it's yep. it, yeah weird yep i'm in Z- zero context <laughs> i'm all the way in yeah all, all the way in hey uh he he makes some good stuff well gentlemen we have no updated thunder news i mean it's it's the dead time uh, after the season, before the draft lottery, where there's really not a lot of Oklahoma City stuff to talk about. We do have a ton of really fun basketball happening right now, though. Uh, we will dive into the playoffs here kind of towards the end of the show. But we are a Thunder podcast, so we'll talk about some Thunder stuff. I have a question for you guys that I thought we could debate a little bit. I want to know, could this summer be the summer that we see Sam Presti actively trading future assets to move up in the draft. We talked about this last summer, but it didn't happen. 
I think a lot of us think that that top five was just too hard to crack. Uh, the asking price was too high. Maybe there's a different viewpoint on this year's top four. Um, last year, we also saw the Thunder do the opposite. They traded back to pick up additional assets. Is this this season where we actively see the Thunder trade some of those future assets, that treasure trove of draft picks that they have to climb up the draft board? I hope so. <laughs> I also hope that there's not a need to. That would be even nicer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's easy to say yes right now because similar to last year this time, it's a little bit unclear on on who's where. Like, There's some guys that could climb. There's some guys that could fall out. Like, there's still that top four similar to last year. I think it was top five last year at this point. Um, but I think over the next month with combines and workouts and interviews, it'll become a little bit more defined. And I think the answer could change a lot between now and, uh, what is it, June 23rd is draft day? Yep. That's a really good point. Like I think of uh, Scotty Barnes in that situation, Nick. Like at this rookie point of the year, year he was we supposed to be the consolation year, prize Barnes. at six. Right, exactly, exactly. We were thinking Scotty Barnes at pick number six, um, obviously, or outside of that top five. Um, obviously, that was before the Thunder had pick number six. Uh, but I think that's a really good point, and I think I'm with you there. Like, um, obviously, Pressy's going to try. We even had people that we know. Um, that we were kind of like messaging with and talking with who said that apparently the Thunder were trying to move up uh, according to their sources. But it just kind of depends, like Nick said, <laughs> with with where everybody uh, ends up post-lottery and um, kind of how those prospects play out as well. So I, I think Presti is absolutely going to try to Jacob's question. I think, yeah, I think the the try is an absolutely... Um, the will he is a, is a bigger, maybe obviously I think Presti has just historically been pretty active on draft nights. Like he doesn't often just sit still. Um, he's at least going to gauge the waters. Like he's going to be making lots of calls. I think we've said it before. If I could be a fly on the wall in Presti's mm-hmm. war room on draft night, like what a dream that would be because you know, he's working the phones. I think of the, the scene in Moneyball where he's like going back and forth and kind of playing teams against each other. Like that's a hundred percent how I picture Sam Presti. All that to say, I can almost envision a scenario with all the conversations that we've talked about recently about how good are the thunder going to be next year? Are they going to be able to tank as much as they have the last two years? Maybe next year, becomes a year where some of that war chest of assets becomes more valuable because your own pick is likely not going to be as good unless they can pull off a historical feat of tanking um, (laughs) with this roster. So your, your own draft picks likely not as good. So maybe that's where some of those future assets come in. And when you look at next year's draft class, there's some very exciting prospects. So if you have a, you know, a handful of first round picks, which nobody else can really offer. Maybe you can go throw that to get into the top five and get somebody really exciting to add to this team. Even if their own pick doesn't land there. Would you hypothetically um, talking about trading up? I'm almost thinking trading out could be another scenario. Not, not all four picks, but in a hypothetical scenario, if Dallas calls or, or somebody that's not, an elite team, but they're they're a, a probably a team that's gonna be the playoffs next year. They call and say, "Hey, we'll give you our 2023 pick for 30 and 34 this year." 
where there's a chance that it could be, you know, kind of early 20s next year, would you do that to, and, and trade two picks out and only come out with two rookies this year? I could see it. I, think I could definitely 30, see it. I think 30 is still, you know, just in my eyes, that's there's a lot of value you can find there. I think we've looked at that yep. historically. There, there's a lot of potential you can get there, but I think from a logistic sense, like you just said, only bringing in two guys versus like they brought in four this year, like how many years in a row can you do that? Um, I think that that's intriguing for sure, especially if you could pull something with some value for next year. Yeah, and there's there's 15 guys under contract next season as we sit today. So regardless of how many rookies, one, four, five, whatever it is. Somebody has um, to be cut. Yeah, someone's got to be cut for each of those yep. roster spots. They, it yep. could be like a Wiggins situation where there's there's a two-way, but someone's going to have to be removed with 15 guys on the roster. Yeah, yep. for sure. I Nick, that idea of trading back or trading out for a pick next year is fascinating. I It kind of depends on the team. And like, you know, there would be massive protections put on that. Like, let's do the the same scenario, 30 and 34 um, for a. Uh, I was going to say Milwaukee, 25. but Milwaukee doesn't count because they don't have their own picks. Let's we can stay with Dallas or or we can go with. Um, Boston. Yeah, like a top 20 protected. Would you trade 30 and 34 for a top 20 protected pick next year? Absolutely. I think I would do that, especially I mean, with Thunder sit right now. I, I would trade 30 and 34 for pick 25 or 26 this year, and likely that's where Boston's pick would fall next year. Yep. Yeah, I think that's fair. Let me throw, and we're kind of getting off topic here because there's some more thoughts I have on the, the trading up, but let, let's stay on the trade back for a second. What if there was an offer to like trade pick number 12 in this draft? to slide back to, oh, I don't know, like um, uh, the the Bucks pick at 24, hmm. and you get a lottery-protected Bucks pick next year. So you trade 12 to move no. back to 24 and get a lottery-protected next year. Yeah, I'm with Nick. Nick shaking his head on the live stream for you, listeners. you got, uh, you got to keep that lottery. Agreed. Or would you trade out of the lottery to get a non-lottery the next year, you know? I think I could see something where you trade back. Two for one. I mean, again, another trade man situation, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you already have so many of those. And I know Pressy is very opportunistic, but um, I can see that being more of a situation where he's at pick 12. Uh, let's say the Clippers pick stays at pick 12, which is very likely. And then the guy that they like, knowing Presty, uh, is still going to be there at pick 13, 14, 15, 16 even. I can see him trading back in that situation to get an additional asset, although not nearly as good as maybe uh, the one that you mentioned, Jacob, but maybe um, a team that's like, you know, lottery protected. You get an additional pick three years down the road um, in order to trade back three, four, five spots, and you can still get the guy that you want. Yeah, th- three, four, five is is a different story. I think yep. back 12 to 24, you're you're significantly losing value. Hey, maybe we'll use pick 12 on a G League draft and stash. That'd be fun. <laughs> it would be. Um, Shout out uh, Josh Husses. <laughs> back to the trading up aspect. How much do you guys think last year there was a very, very clear top five, which actually didn't end up being the top five we thought it was going to be. 
True. But the the top end of that draft was supposed to be like very, very special, especially with Cade Cunningham. It's shaping up to be a very, very special top end of that draft. I think we all have the the thought that that was basically uncrackable. That top five was uncrackable last year, unless you did something <clears throat> incredibly drastic. Do you think the top four this year have that same type of vibe? Maybe they're not as good as last year's top five, but it's like that kind of uncrackable bubble of those top four. And you could you could trade from seven to five, but you're probably not breast busting into that top four. Uh, do you guys get that that sense? How do you feel about that? I think there's a there's more positional implications on that. I think if you land pick three and you are not hot. So basically, as it says today, you're getting the the last of the bigs in that in that top three, and you're not sold on whoever that is. I think you you could trade pick three to get to maybe four or five and take the guard that you were going to take at three anyways. You know, I think yeah. that that could be a situation. I think one or two are probably uncrackable, but I think when you get to three and four, there's a chance. Like yeah. like even at four, if if you go Jabari chet and then you're sitting there at three thinking they're going to take paulo and they take ivy and that was your guy yep. you pivot to shaden he's probably not going to go forward in that situation maybe paulo does and maybe you try it at four i don't know yep i think that's a great point the you know positional need for what teams are looking for could dictate some of that i also think this wasn't really the question that you asked but i i every day that goes by i'm feeling like shaden sharp is going to be this year scotty barnes yeah and he's going to be the one that is outside but like once you get him in a gym and get his measurables and go through that pre-draft process like draft night like pick number three mm -hmm. is thinking about scotty barnes that's exactly (laughs) how i'm feeling right now i i think i'm with both of you um but i do wonder like it depends on the offer as well (laughs) and i think about what like hypothetically the thunder we're throwing out there for picks one through three, one through four. Um, would Presty be willing to like throw that same kind of offer out there for picks one through three? Obviously that depends on their big board, um, how they view some of these guys once they get them into the pre-draft workouts and the pre, uh, pre-draft interviews. Um, but assuming they would, let's say that they would throw out, for example, hypothetically, <laughs> Lou Dort and their pick to move up. Uh, let's say they, they're at pick six again. Lou Dort, pick six to try and move up into that top three. Um, I think it's much more likely this draft for a team to buy on that offer than it would have been say last season. Um, and I think that's kind of what you were getting at Jacob. Um, and I could definitely see it, again, that all comes down to how the thunder view those players up, you know, towards the top of the board, who they see yeah. in front of them uh, once the positioning happens, but I could see that happening. I think it's much more likely than it was last season. Well, to your on, on the flip side, I think last year, Thunder fans were going to raise hell if Shea was traded regardless. I'm not talking about Shea. No, no, no I, 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 I am. I okay, am. okay. Um, I think last year they would have raised hell, even if it was for Cade at one. Shea for yeah. Cade straight up. There would have been some hell raised. Would it have been the right move? Maybe. Um, I don't know if there's a guy in this class that I would even think about yes. trading Shea for, which is, another, which is another thing to think about here. If yep. Presti does want to move into the top three, that's a piece that is probably not being offered. Yeah, well, and I'm not even sure I, would I was originally Giddy. thinking about not like the Lou Dort trade, Taylor, but trading future treasure trove of draft picks. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I think, you know, we kind of talked about is that top four bubble 
um, like uncrackable if you're outside of it. I think it's interesting to debate like if you are inside of it, if, if the Thunder stay pat at four, is there a way to move from like four to two, four to one? Um, but also, I think, I think it also depends on what teams are ahead of you. Yep. Um, take the Orlando Magic, for instance. Like the Orlando Magic accumulated a nice little um, a, a nice little war chest of future draft capital from Denver and, and from Chicago um, in, in their moves at the deadline a year and a half ago. Maybe they aren't as likely to bite on a, a Sam Presti offer that is picks rich, right? right. Whereas, I don't know, I, I'm pulling up Tankathon here and looking. Um, Let's say the Cavs get lucky again. <laughs> right like they end up super lucky top two or three i think they'd be willing yeah. to take on a, a they, they could maybe yeah be a team like that. that or what if it's like i don't know indiana kind of recoups yeah. some picks as well um but what if it's like what if portland jumps to two should portland just make the selection or mm-hmm. do you take a pick rich um offer from oklahoma city and flip that for jeremy grant and get a little something on the side as well you know i, right. I think there's a lot like of that it kind of depends on who is in front of you because each team has their own their own value on these things. And, and Justin, something you were talking about earlier kind of made me think about this, the the whole like being a fly on the wall in Sam Presti's office on draft night. I have no clue how they evaluate talent, how they evaluate the value of, of draft picks. But I would imagine that the Thunder front office has like a number value based off analytics and history for each draft pick. And if a trade comes up where they can trade, you know, a pick that they value at like 37.4, but the two assets they're getting total up to 38, they're going to make that trade because it's an, it's a, a net. And I, I just imagine that they have some crazy ass algorithm formula yeah, yeah, BS that, that they cook up. Um, Didn't Presti even alluded to that in his yeah, they, interview. Didn't? I mean, not just the Thunder. All NBA teams are pretty heavy into data science. Like, yep. there's they're they're not going to uh, to Basketball Reference and looking at their per thirty six or advanced stats. <laughs> They've got their own stuff in house. Um, well, Nick, pause. <laughs> I think 29 teams do that, and the Kings are kind of up here. Oh All right, gosh, fair enough. I, I think there's Steve one scenario: Clifford, uh, Mike Brown, oh god, and, uh, who Mark was Jackson. The third. Oh, if we, they we hire can't. Mark Jackson, if I was Terrible. a Kings fan, hired... I'd have the shotgun in my mouth, man. I already would. We can't talk about the Kings in this podcast; it's just not allowed. <laughs> so there's there's one option that we haven't talked about at all, like ever. And I think it's natural not to talk about it because it's not the fun thing to think about. But I want to do this rapid fire. I don't want to like debate or like go into like <laughs> right, wrong. Let's say the Thunderland pick five. I want each of you to name a player that you'd be comfortable slash happy with the Thunder trading that pick for for a player that's already in the league. Okay. Oh, gosh. That's a There's lot of players lot. to think about. Is that kind of your point? There's a lot of players. Think, think about your, your favorite young players. Like who who would you be happy with? Like that's realistic. Like not Luca, oh, okay. but like if if you got a notification on draft night, the Thunder have traded pick number five for X player that's already in the league. Like who who would that even be? Like is there mm. somebody that you'd be happy with, or is drafting someone at five the only option here? That's something we haven't talked Mitchell. about at all. I don't want Mitchell. Um, no, but I to your point, like Presti is the kind of GM who would know that 
know that player was even remotely available before any of us would. Gosh, on the spot, like that's really tough. Here's a weird one. I'll have an answer. For this, okay. this won't happen, but Zion. Ooh. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> that seems too. Um, <laughs> so, so I hear, here, here's one that I think. What is, if it's there's a falling out? I, New I Orleans. The, the yeah. name that Nick has in his mind. Who is it? James Wiseman. No, no, no. no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade Wiseman for oh. five. Oh, I really? I think I would in this draft. I wouldn't. I would. I don't think I would. No, I don't think he's seen enough of Wiseman to, I'm, to make. That I'm thinking about, and I think yeah. a year ago this is a oh hell yeah. I think now it's. Ugh. Like the Jonathan Isaac type guys around the league. <laughs> Look from a basketball standpoint, yeah, but from a basketball standpoint, that's the kind of guy that I fit think... in in Oklahoma. That's for sure. <laughs> I think he's got a letter Q taped to the back of his car, probably. Miss. What'd you guys do for a Kongwu? See that that that's the kind of stuff Ooh. I'm talking about. That's interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. Kongwu is interesting for a long time. That's I don't think Patrick Williams is available for that. What about type of trade. or um, I wouldn't do it for a Kongwu though. Um, gosh, I'm blanking out his name now. The Cleveland guy that can't shoot. He was Isaac Coro. Coro, another one. Yeah, I like think I'm maybe out. that maybe the Cavs say we want to rebrand. You're right. Like he's not a guy that fits you're, us. You're on the you right know? track. I just no. Give me. I think there's there's going to be like the thing about this draft is not it's necessarily weak is that there's so many unknowns that like somebody going, it, it's going to be like the 2013, like, you know, Giannis draft or and Presti loves that draft. Presti. Yes. At and one that's point, why I don't want to trade these damn picks. draft class on his team. I don't want to trade these picks unless you're trading up. I don't want to trade these picks. Yeah. Exactly. And Nick, like if Isaac Okoro was available for pick five, I'm taking Shaden sharp. Mm. There's a much higher ceiling there. Even you Sharp's assume, gone. I'm taking. You assume Shaden Sharp's going to be there. True. The, then I'm that, taking Jaden Ivey. I agree. With you. Still a much yeah. higher ceiling yeah. there. That's my yeah. point. I think who it, if Sharp goes one through four and somebody else is sliding down, I'm taking out players like that's. Yeah. Sliding down. I think Sharp being cleared for this draft is a big time gift for the Thunder um, because that just adds one more top level guy. So now instead of having a group of four, maybe you have a group of five, right? Uh, the chat is hopping right now with a lot of questions uh, about picks. So let's burn through these real quick. Big Mike and Z says, Presty seems to love drafts that everyone else hates. How much higher can they get with pick 30 and the second rounders, which I think they only have one this year, 30 and 34. Yep. Where can that get you? That'll get you in the mid to late 20s, back in the first round. Yeah, I was going to say 25. I think 25 is even a little ambitious. Yeah. They can get you back in the first round. I mean, somebody, especially if that player, uh, <laughs> if you can tell them that the player that they want, that the opposing team wants, uh, it will still be there. You're not going to take that team's player. Yeah. Um, Big Mike also asked, can we give a pick to Utah to remove some protections on the pick they owe us in the future? You definitely can. Is it worth it? Depends on the pick. But yeah, no, you can do that. I don't know if Utah's going to unprotect a pick at this point. I wouldn't. Mm, nope. If I was Utah, I'm not unprotecting anything with the, nope. the state of that franchise. No. Nope. If I'm Utah, burn it to the ground. Stephen Graham says 12 and 30 to move up a spot or two. Is that possible? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> I think an, a good example is Jacob's scenario with the, the Blazers. Like if, if they 
if they want to put together an enticing package, maybe the team like Detroit, obviously, who they trading for Jeremy Grant wants more picks, like that could be a way to to do that. Yeah. I don't know if twelve and thirty can jump you, but if it's twelve thirty and then like another asset, sure. I think yeah, you yeah. could climb to like yeah. nine or eight. Yeah. Uh, Josh 90, how do you all feel about the second round matchup in the playoffs so far? Both Golden State and Milwaukee both have stolen home court advantage. I didn't realize that that wasn't a draft question. Josh, we will answer that soon. (laughs) Um, Blaine Buchanan says, it is definitely easier this year to trade up than last year, but I'm with Nick. Top two is probably more so like the top five last year. I think that's a good point. That is interesting because I think depending on who gets one of those top two picks is going to depend, is going to determine who who goes Mm -hmm. top two. I think there's a real chance that Chet slides to three. Yep. I I think there's a real chance that Paulo ends up at three. It's like top three and a half or so. If there was a guy that's consensus top five right now that falls out of the top five, who would you guess it is? Is it Paulo? No, I think it's probably Jane Nivey. I do too. Okay. Um, Shit, it might be Chet. I, I don't. I don't have a Ooh. counter argument. If, MB, if NBA curious. doctors get in there and say like his frame is too narrow, his shoulders aren't wide enough, his hips aren't wide enough, he's not going to be able to put on the weight you want. There's a chance he slides a little bit. How True. many? How many guys in history? I've talked about this before. I don't think there's many guys in history where their their slender frame has limited li- limited them that much when they're this type of prospect i agree same shit was being said about katie yeah i I just i also again huge rabbit hole to go down but i talked about this on the friday spaces we've talked a lot about this on the podcast like ncaa basketball is just kind of a different animal compared to the nba so much so now that like there's so many of these elite prospects that are just pigeonholed on their respective teams and um Again, I'm not going to dive down this right now, but I think Chet absolutely uh, fits in that category. Brett, uh, I think it's pronounced Bluma. Which players have the highest likelihood of being used as a trade chip on draft day? Ooh, that's a fun question. Hmm. Dort, right? I wonder, is Dort's value less this year than last year? Justin, I think very much so because you... Last year, you were getting a Lou Dort for $1.4 million. Yep. This yep. year, you're getting a Lou Dort that you have to extend or exactly. run the risk of losing for nothing in a, in a yep. one season. I feel like he's not the, the, obvious, he's not the obvious throw-in this year like he yep. was last yep. year. Is that throw-in now Trey Mann? Hmm. That was uh, the next guy. Does he assume that position? I don't want to see him leave, but yeah. No, that's the next I don't guy. know if he has the value outside of Oklahoma City that he does in Oklahoma, it wouldn't be as high necessarily, but I think it could be still high. It's got to be Kenrich still. It's a good one. Maybe even Poku. No, 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 one, wants, no, one, no one wants Poku outside of Oklahoma. <laughs> I think City. people. Maybe. Uh, Chris Parker <laughs> asks, "What about DeAndre Ayton for the number five pick?" Oh, hell <laughs> That'd be, yeah, yeah. I, was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. I think you might have better odds of getting Zion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Big Mike and Z says Kaminga for pick five. I don't think that's the Warriors an interesting do that. one. I think the Warriors tell you no. I kind of feel that way too, but I also think like that's probably equal value. Um, I like that. Yeah, it is that's, that's definitely tough. 
interesting. I disagree that the Warriors probably say I, no. It's one of those. It's one of those trades where I think both teams just don't even entertain that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, I think right. neither team is interested. All right. Well, talking about all these draft picks and a lot of the the comments, uh, the questions in the comments kind of alluded to this as well. Guys, I wanted to play a little game where we evaluate OKC's future draft assets. We're talking about could they trade these draft assets to move up in this draft? Uh, what are their value, et cetera, et cetera. So I have a list of all of the Thunder's future first round picks. We're not going to do the second rounders because I don't want to be here till midnight. We're only doing the first <laughs> rounders. Um, and I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to read off one of the picks and and everything that goes with that pick. And you guys are going to drop it into one of three buckets. And this is kind of based on what other teams would would um, assess the value of this pick at. Okay? The buckets are like it, love it, and gotta have it. Which is, is also the, how... Uh, this is from the other 29 teams' point of view. Yes? Yes. Okay. okay. Um, why am I forgetting the, the ice cream company's name? Goldstone. There you go. Thank you. Coldstone Creamery has the like it, love it, gotta have it instead of small, medium, large. Which really? uh, the great I didn't know that either. And, and sorry, <laughs> uh, claim that that is crackhead terminology, which I completely awesome. agree with. So I'm going to give you guys an asset. You tell me which bucket does it fall into uh, from the perspective of the other teams that could trade for it. Is it we like it, we love it, or we gotta have it? First one is the Los Angeles Clippers pick that the Thunder own uh, in this draft, pick number 12. Like it, probably. Yeah, I, like, I think that's that's a like it. Ooh, see, that's a love it for me. If you're mm-hmm. in the lottery, love it. I think I'm with Taylor. I think it's a it's a love it. It's a, it's a medium. It falls in the middle. Next one. Fair. The Phoenix Suns 2022 pick that is owned to the Thunder. Uh, this is pick 30 in this upcoming draft. That's a like it. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Definitely like easy, it. Easy enough. <laughs> All right, let's move on. 2023 first round pick from Denver. It is lottery protected in 2023, 2024, and 2025. After which um, it becomes a couple of second round picks. Which bucket does this one fall into? I think that's also like it. Like the 2023 draft is pretty deep. Or sorry, there's a lot of uh, early talent that seems to uh, make make you think it will be deep. We hope that continues, obviously, when we're to this point next season. But the lottery protected, um, you know, you like it. I, I'm not sure you can say you love it just because... You know, at this point, a year out, it looks like it's going to be a quote unquote deep draft. Yeah. I think uh for no other reason than Denver, Denver's not gonna be bad enough for yeah, that right. to be worth a lot. <laughs> um so yeah, like A Man says in the chat, Denver not gonna be in the lottery. Agreed. The like it bucket as well. Don't have any gotta have it's yet. We only have one love it. The next one. A Detroit Pistons 2023 first round pick. It is protected one through 18. And then the next year, one through 18. The next year, one through 13. The next year, one through 11. The next year, one through nine. You would assume at some point that pick actually becomes <laughs> a first round selection. Uh, that after was well all done. of those protections, um, 
it turns into a second round pick. That was well done by Presty. Love it. I was going to say love it too, Nick. Um, man, like there is a very, very, very likely uh, probability that that falls outside of the top 18 pick. But like this team is talented. Let's say they land another, they get lucky in the lottery this upcoming draft. There is a world where they get impatient. They try and push all the chips to the middle of the table around their two draft picks of K and whoever this upcoming player is. And uh, yeah, I, I think I'm going to love it as well. I agree. Love it. All you're right. basically guaranteed, unless it goes all the way to that second, you're guaranteed a top 20 pick. And also those are always a good point. Great. Not even just, yeah, this upcoming draft. Good point. The next one, a 2023 Ooh. Los Angeles Clippers pick swap. Gotta have it. If you can have a pick swap in the future, you have no idea what's going to happen given that season. We saw what happened this season, obviously, with some injuries with the um, the Clippers if that falls a different way with some of those, you know, with, with the way that they build their team, um, we could be looking at even higher pick for the Thunder right now. You've got to have those pick swaps in the future. I was going to say the same thing. I've built so much false hope on on the Clippers <laughs> over the last few seasons, and I'm looking to do the same through 2023. Um, there's a world where the 2023 Clippers don't have PG or Kawhi on that team. And that's like, that's a non-zero possibility like that. There is a chance that happens. And if that happens, I absolutely want to have that pick swap. I just to make sure before we move on, you guys know that we're talking about a draft that's one year away whenever they will have PG and Kawhi on the roster next season, right? They might. Kawhi is like James Harden. You don't know if he's. I, that's going exactly to play, what I'm getting at. Like, if he wants to like go and hang out Nick, with like rap Nick, stars. Nick, we took some sense into these guys real Does quick. Does he even Do like basketball? I so like basketball. I've got a different argument. I only like this not even because of who the Clippers have. It's a swap. How bad would the Clippers have to be for you to actually want to swap OKC's pick with them? But you're not OKC in this scenario. You're some other team. I guess that's true from the other 29 lens. Yeah. Still exactly. But you're, even, you're still, you're also not getting an extra asset. We've, we've seen it's their, a, it's floor. just a swap. I think this year was their floor. We're looking at next I year. Agree. Like you're basically, yeah. you're basically saying at worst they're 12 and that would, that took a lot to get to 12. So probably at worst they're 14. You're like a 50, 50 chance that you're even going to be able to swap with them. My counterpoint I, to that is we thought we saw the floor of, PG and OKC the first year, and then we got lower <laughs> the second year. I just, I'm not a believer. I don't believe in Kawhi either. I'm it, with exactly you. like and I'm, like, I'm even dead PG, serious when I, I don't say, trust his health. I don't trust his commitment. Kawhi Leonard, zero chance. Kawhi Leonard, those is guys, one of fail. one of the most underappreciated players to ever play the game of basketball. Well, you have to actually play to be appreciated. Exactly. He's, he's got Thank rings you, with two <laughs> different I'd appreciate teams. him if he, you know, actually played basketball. I think the only way you get it. to swap this pick and... is if you are, if your own pick is like 28, 29, or 30, because I think the Clippers pick is going to be like pick 25 next year. I think they're going to be like incredibly good. This would be a, a like it at best. I, 
I for also me. had the Clippers and the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals before this season. <laughs> <laughs> and the Brooklyn Nets winning Taylor. the finals. All right. <laughs> the next asset is a 2023 Washington Wizards first round pick. It is protected in the lottery in 2023, one through 12 and 24, one through 10 in 2025, one through eight in 2026. So this one keeps rolling over and rolling over and rolling over. Uh, if it never conveys, it becomes a second round pick. Uh, but I believe this one will eventually convey um, at some point, the Washington Wizards have to like not be a bottom five. team. <laughs> Gotta have it. Got to have it. That is outside of next year, a lottery pick. I kind of think so too. Those I'm are lottery picks. Like we I'm talked about loving the Denver picks. It was top 20. This is like, unless, unless somehow it conveys next year and the wizards make the playoffs, like you are guaranteed a lottery pick. Um, I mean, not guaranteed theoretically you could roll, 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 but let's be real here. That's a lottery pick. You got to have those. Yep. You I, I would put this one in the love it. Like I don't see another team saying like, Oh, I'm willing to give up something really good. Cause that is something I absolutely have to have. Now. I think the way the protections are set up on this pick, if Washington wants to trade a future first in like the next six years, they would have to unprotect that pick. Yep. And so you have a chance to get an unprotected Washington pick. That would be a gotta have it for me, but a, a pick that has protections where you're essentially never getting a top 10 out of it. Mm-hmm. I would put this one just at love it, not at gotta have it. I think I agree. I left Split. you guys speechless. You're welcome. <laughs> Split. You're welcome. 50 50. Next one a 2024 Houston Rockets first round pick. It is one through four protected. And then after that, it becomes two seconds. This one worries me because I don't know if you're going to get this pick. This might right. be two seconds. This is Houston either going sucks. to be great for you in that uh, 2024 draft, or it's just like, eh. yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to go in ahead and say I love this it. These, these, the, unpre- the whole, unpredictability of Houston. The whole Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul trade, like at the surface level seemed so awesome, but we could theoretically look back and be like, that turned into <laughs> nothing of value. Yeah. Basically, it was a Chris Paul Russell Westbrook swap. I, yeah, good point. Right, right. Which I think in itself is yeah. No, you you got you got assets on the flip not side. Not value the surface potentially. Sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. We just talked about how front offices um, probably have like these crazy algorithms on how they value stuff. At worst, a top four protected Houston pick at the very worst has a fifty percent chance at being pick number five. Yep. That's because if I you the, if you are the worst team in the league, yep. there's a 52% chance that your pick ends up at number five. Yep. It's, a, it's a high risk, high reward pick. Yeah, there's no middle ground and on this one. To, to carry through the ice cream analogy, <laughs> it's like ordering mint chocolate chip. I love mint chocolate chip. I, I stand by the fact that like Brahms mint chocolate chip, best flavor they have in the whole store. However... <sighs> Shut your mouth, Taylor. However, <laughs> My wife agrees. I just hate mint. Anyways. There is certain places where you order a mint chocolate chip and it's like eating like Crest toothpaste and <laughs> chocolate chips. And it's just, it, they didn't nail the mint. And it, so it's very high risk, high reward. When it's right, it's right. But when it goes south, it's no good. 
and you wish so, you would have just got chocolate. So how do you evaluate the pick then, Justin? Does it fall in the love it category for you because it's such a, a crapshoot? I put it in love it because I'm not going to give up a ton to get it, like you said. Um, but I put it's higher than a like it because there is that chance that it's going to be that sweet Brahms mint chocolate chip, and it's just going to make my night. Sponsor us, Brahms. I'm, I'm, That's right. There incredible. we go. Being, being a done. middle ground pick, it's got to be the middle ground answer. So love it. I like that. All right. Hopefully we can all agree on this next one. A 2024 Los Angeles Clippers unprotected first round pick. Oh, gotta have it. I think this is. Yeah, unprotected. It's two years out. Kawhi might be dead in two years. (laughs) We all might be dead in two years. (laughs) You might have a knee replacement at that that point. Indeed. Yeah, I, uh, you know. We're not called the unprotected podcast for nothing. I think this is a gotta have it. Change our name right now. Nick, you agree with us? No, for sure. I mean, yeah. unprotected. Any, anything that's unprotected is just you. That's what they called Taylor that's in college. What she said. Um, <laughs> no, I think, I think this is a no brainer for sure. The next asset, somebody mentioned this in the chat earlier. A 2024 Utah Jazz pick. It is one through ten protected in 24, one through ten protected in 25, one through eight protected in 26. Uh, at which point it becomes uh, nothing. It just fizzles out into nothing. It doesn't even turn into a second round pick. This is via favors. This is the favors trade. Hmm. That's, that's a pretty that's a good, really pick good pick for favors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> for just taking him on. That's never going to be top eight ever. Um, the odds are it's never going to be top 10. Yeah. Now, 2024, we we can, I mean, we could debate this for a long time. I think we're all in agreement that Utah's got to do something this summer. They got to blow something up. They got to trade someone away. They got to bring someone in. They got to do something. If things fall apart in Utah, this could end up being a really good pick, but if things fall apart too far for Utah, this could end up literally being absolutely nothing. Right. Yep. They either have to go all the way in or don't. Like maybe it would be smart to trade both Gobert and Mitchell. Um, but I don't think you can do one or the other because of this reason. <sighs> I think I'm gonna go love it. I'm like on the line between love it and gotta gotta have it, but I think this is still love it just because of the um, not quite as many um, pr- protections and flexibility as that Detroit pick that Nick yeah. and I said gotta have it. I think maybe I just have a different perspective than the rest of you guys. If any pick is protected, I don't think it's gotta have it by any other yeah, team in the league. That's fair. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I Sounds mean, like it, we're all going it, love it on this one. It, it right. was a, it was a, given the circumstances, even it's a love it. Like it was a throw in. Take this guy's ten million dollar contract away from us. So yeah. we can go lose for the, the Thunder, first round. I think it's for the Thunder. It's a love it. Yeah. For the yeah. rest of the league, That's I think it's I'm borderline like exercise. It. Good point. Next one. This one is very convoluted. This is a a 2025 pick swap. The Thunder get the best pick out of their own. The Houston Rockets or the LA Clippers. But the Houston side of it is protected one through 10. So if Houston's pick is one through 10, the Thunder cannot swap with Houston. But if Houston is outside the top 10, then they can swap it with Houston or the Los Angeles Clippers. So it's basically like a three-way pick swap where the Thunder get the best pick 
unless the best pick is Houston in the top 10, then they can't get it. That's still so How much flexibility. Do you even understand that? <laughs> right. I know it's crazy. It's just like, it's like the Thunder has pick 12. Houston has pick nine. So the Thunder can't swap with Houston. And the Clippers have pick 16. So the Thunder just keep their own pick. Yeah. I like it simply because who the hell knows what's going to happen. Yeah. See, I, I, I'm like it as well because there's so much parameters on it. And, and it, again, it's a swap. It is not a draft pick. True. By the time you get to 2025, the Clippers will be rebuilt after, uh, you know, the Kawhi PG exodus that's incoming <laughs> in the immediate future uh, that has been foretold on this here podcast. Um, they'll be set. They'll have another star by then so that their value is worthless. I just like that flexibility, though, so far out. Like the whole reason we're having this debate um, is because of that flexibility, which is why I love it. I think that's so creative. And uh, these are the kind of things that keep small markets like OKC relevant long term. I'll, I'll go right. love it here. Not not got to have it, though. 2025 Miami first round pick. It is protected mm-hmm. one through 14, and then it becomes completely unprotected. Like it. Yeah. Miami is so well run. The premier destination. They're never going to be, they're never going to be (laughs) bad. They were a middling team for a long time. They're never going to be bad. What if Pat Riley isn't there in 2025? They're never going to be bad. I don't think it matters because they're in Miami. Same thing with the Lakers. Yeah. I don't know. The Lakers sucked for quite a while because of bad management. I I say love it. Still laying LeBron. I say love it. Um, I I hear you. I, I think it's you know a low likelihood that they probably are cratered by 2025. But same conversation we had earlier, like the opportunity to get an unprotected pick, like a what if scenario, like Jacob saying, what if Pat Riley leaves, Jimmy Butler dies, and <laughs> Tyler Hero Darn. is your like on a max contract for you know, or Tyler Hero the- is rapping and strung out on crack cocaine those two just things like are not mutually exclusive that's what, that's what i'm getting at you've got like tyler hero's mixtape dropping while he's you know putting up 20 points on 36 shots Could i think happen. it's fascinating and, and, and one i think i'm going love it on this one presty is taking over for pat riley oh, oh, easy. oh. next asset a 2025 <laughs> philadelphia first round pick Uh, This one is one through six protected in 2025, one through four protected in 26, one through four protected in 27. The odds of that um, actually conveying as one of those picks is very, very high. Yeah, got to have it. Very low protections. Way out in the future. Got to have it. I love it. I love it. I say love it. Again, if it's got protections on it, it's not got to have it. They 2026 were. Houston first. This one is one through four protected in 2026. If it does not convey, it becomes two seconds. Same thing as the 2024 version. I think I think this one's less valuable than 2024. Because yeah, they've got two like more it. years to build it up. Yeah, the the league is structured in the way for teams to middle out, crossover, new team. We saw this year. Phoenix, Memphis, like these teams are horrible and they're back to the top. So I kind of agree with you, Nick. I think this one's too far down the line for a rebuilding team that they could be 
the pendulum could have swung the other way. I'm still putting it at love it though, uh, because it is a very, very small protection. All right, last one, a 2026 Los Angeles Clippers unprotected pick. Got to Unprotected, have it. you got to have it, yeah. Yep, absolutely got to have it. Unprotected. Yep. In my Easy. Clippers fanfic, by 2026, the next iteration will have failed, and this Clippers team will find themselves middling at the bottom, and uh, OKC's you know, walking in with the third best odds in the lottery in 2026. While they are coming off their finals appearance, to be clear. Right. Absolutely. They already have a ring. Right. Top three pick. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. So interesting. We we valued a lot it, of these. You love it or you got to have it? Got to have it. The, cl- the pick, it. I got to have it. The uh, exercise, I just <laughs> yeah. love it. I don't got to have this a second time. I'm good. But... <laughs> We valued very few things as like got to have it as like I would call those like blue chip assets. But we did have a lot of things that we loved. And then I think mostly a lot of things that we liked. Um, It's going to be interesting to see kind of how other front offices value those assets moving forward. Uh, Maybe as early as a month and a half from now, whenever we are at the NBA draft and the Thunder try to trade some of these future picks uh, to climb the draft board. So I think that's going to be really, really interesting. Um, Speaking of the draft board, we're going to take a peek at that. But before we do, we're going to take a quick moment to tell you about the sponsors of the show. What's up, Thunder fans? This is Jacob from the Uncontested Podcast. And I'm here to let you know that we have fully redesigned our merch store to get you the best Thunder swag available. Just visit cottonbureau.com and search the Uncontested Podcast to find all of our new designs. That's C-O-T-T-O-N-B-U-R-E-A-U dot com and search the Uncontested Podcast to find new drops like Josh Giddy's Wizard of Oz or an ode to the Trey Man Step Back. We've also got all the classics like Dortal Combat, Lu Tang Clan, and everyone's favorite MVP, Shea Gilgis Alexander. The best part? You can get any design and the style of apparel you want. So if you're gearing up for the summer and want a tank top, needing a hoodie for the winter in Australia, or you're wanting a Pokemon onesie for your baby, we've got you covered. Make sure to go to cottonbureau.com and search the uncontested podcast to get your new Thunder gear today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, gentlemen. We've been talking draft all night. Let's continue to do so. Uh, But this time, we are going to pull up the Tankathon page. We're going to do a lottery sim here. And as we sim this lottery and we get a top 14 uh, in whatever order it comes into, uh, we're going to conduct ourselves a mock draft just in the lottery. All right. Um, Since I have executive decision on this podcast, (laughs) um, courtesy of myself, uh, I am giving Justin pick number one. Oh, what? yeah. I am giving Nick pick number two. Unbelievable. I am giving myself pick number three, <laughs> which means Taylor gets pick number four. Love I it. would like to uh, trade my uh, unprotected 2023 <laughs> uncontested mock draft pick. To move up in this one. <laughs> get out of here. All right. You guys ready for the sim? Yes. Ready. I always get this bad knot in my stomach and feel like I'm going to poop and throw up at the same time whenever I click this button. Nothing compared to May 17th. (laughs) Nothing compared to May 17th. Yeah, May 17th, I might just take two Ambien and wake up the next day and find out what happened. That might be the best. And then take two more after. (laughs) Here we go. All right. Here's our spin. Uh, Uh Justin, you have pick number one, which belongs to Uh the Detroit Pistons. Uh, um. Well, uh, with pick number one, I'm going to select Chet Holmgren. All right, Chet and uh, and Cade Cunningham together. I Cade. like it. Nick, you have the second pick, which is the Houston Rockets. The best player in the draft, Jabari Smith Jr. Ooh. Okay. The Orlando Magic have pick number three. Leaves Paulo Bancaro for them if they want him. I'm not going to take him here, though. You're going to go Ivy here. You've been doing this, Jacob. I I'm going like to go Shade and Sharp here. Hey. No. I think <laughs> they need ball. to take a swing on like the highest upside guy possible. Yes. Uh, specifically a wing slash guard, not a four, which they have a plethora of already. We're going to go Shaden here. So just to make sure I have this right, I'm going to keep track of these. 
we went Chet, and then we went Smith, and now we have Sharp. And Taylor is on the board. Pick number four, our first team, uh, well, our second team to jump, I guess, uh, the Sacramento Kings, Taylor, at pick number four. I'm so sorry, Paulo. I am so sorry. You're just, you're destined to die here in Sacramento. It's your fate. Um, it makes a lot of sense. Honestly, he would fit perfectly. Kind of fits. Team. But <laughs> yeah, it fits so well. Personality, style of play, the yeah, versatility. Just... He actually would, would be fantastic with Sacramento. Like there's a real world where if Paulo were to fall to Sacramento up four, I think they could really take a leap. Um, but a lot of things would have to fall correctly. Like I think with Paulo um, fit and the franchise that he's drafted to is really important. And uh, I just don't, like, like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, Kings going to Kings. And I just don't trust Sacramento to develop him. Sorry, Paulo. Justin, you get pick number five, which is the Oklahoma city thunder in my Ooh. nightmare scenario where Shaden and the three bigs are off the board. Yeah. I was just, I'm just about to say that trade back. <laughs> Yikes. Um, wait, Jaden's on the board, right? Jaden yeah, Ivy is still available. Okay. Yeah. I think I'd probably go Jaden Ivy, but I don't feel great about it. But I, like, you have to. He's the best player left on the board by far. You have to. Yep. You have to, the, and you figure the it fit out. The fit is not clean. But yeah, you you have to do it. Nick, you get the Indiana Pacers at six. Hmm. This one's an easy one to me. I'm I'm interested to see who you're going to go with. I would not go with this guy. <laughs> But I think it's like it makes sense for them. Keegan Murray. Yeah, that's that such that was a my guy Pacers here. pick. Such a Pacers pick. But I agree with you, Nick. Totally agree. Uh, the next pick is the Portland Trailblazers. I think this pick probably gets traded on draft night if this is where they land. Um, but I am going AJ Griffin here. Uh, I think this makes sense. I think this might be the best landing spot for Griffin uh, playing next to a guy like Dame Lillard, where he's not going to be required to to go off the dribble much to, to play make. He gets to do what he did in college, which is spot up with that awkwardly wide base and just stroke it from three where he shot 45%. Uh, I think him playing next to, Dame is probably like the best case scenario for him. So I'm going AJ Griffin here uh, at seven. Taylor, you get pick number eight, which is the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm really, really torn here, especially uh, assuming that Zion does come back and does not request a trade and it's healthy. A lot of assumptions there, Uh, but regardless, obviously a team that took a big step. Um, They're they're going to look for somebody who can contribute. immediately but also can grow with some of these young guys on the on their current squad i'm kind of torn between like sohan matherin um even dyson daniels i think i'm gonna go ahead and go i think i'm gonna go dyson daniels here i kind of like that fit for the pelicans some versatility that they don't have somebody you can play not only at the guard position but also the wing um and a strong point of attack defender which i think is the biggest thing for them that they could really use and benefit from. Um, and I'm just really high in Dyson Daniels in general. So I'm going to go Dyson Daniels here. Um, but oh, so I, think he could climb. I think he could climb. And Taylor, I'm with you. I think this is a great fit. Thank and guy that will set the table <laughs> for everybody else on that team. I really like True. that. True. 
Justin, you're up at nine, the San Antonio Spurs. Mm, this is tough, too, because of fit. Because I really like Matherin, but I wonder if the Spurs would look more for a front court player. Um, it's a good point. But I don't love the front court players available right here. <laughs> so uh-huh. I'm going to stick with Matherin. All right. I think that's I like fair. Matherin for the, in the Spurs system. Like, that's yeah. a fun fit. I just, I feel like, I I think it's the right pick, Justin, but that just becomes so redundant for them. You have Matherin, you have uh, Kilden Johnson, you have, um, uh, oh my gosh, why am I forgetting the guy from, uh, well, you have Primo, you have, who's the guy from Miami that used to have Lonnie Walker, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, whichever number he is, I can't remember. Um, Depends on his hair. Dejounte Murray. You have a whole bunch of those six <laughs> yep. five, six four, six six guys. Yep. I guess. I think they probably you can never have too many, right? <laughs> They're right there. Yeah. True. Nick, you get the New York Knicks. Perfect fit for you. <laughs> you skipped number Washington. eleven. You skipped Washington. Oh, I did skip Washington. I'm sorry. You oh. get picked number ten. The Washington <laughs> Wizards. Um, they need somebody that's got a chip on their shoulder. Will be physical, the anti Porzingis, durable. That's Jalen Duran. Okay. I like that pick. I like that a lot. We will pencil Jalen Duran in. That puts me on the board, the New York Knicks. We've got some players that are still here that uh that are sliding a little yep. bit. Um I think I'm just gonna go probably BPA here and go Johnny Davis. Okay. Him next to RJ Barrett in that backcourt and see what happens. Uh, that means Taylor gets the Oklahoma City Thunder at pick number 12. I have an ex. There's a right answer here, Taylor. Oh, is there? There's there's two (laughs) players I am uh, flirting with here as as Sam Presti. Um, Oh, I know who Nick is thinking, and I am torn. Yes, I know who Nick is thinking, I know who Jacob is thinking, and I am torn between both of them. I don't even know uh, who I'm thinking, so enlighten me. <laughs> Look, Sohan is still on the board, right? I think that's, that's Nick's guy. Oh, no. No, I think uh, Nick's guy is... Uh, uh, oh, wait. No, sorry. Yes, that is Nick's guy. Is I was guy. thinking your guy was Jang. Uh, we're the two guys that oh, I don't yeah. have time between here. I think I am going to go ahead and go Sohan. I think that fits perfect here with this Thunder squad, um, especially at pick 12. Just ton of versatility um technically has the build of like a power board um can like compete on defensive end with bigger uh bigger players but also just presents so much versatility on the offensive end outside of the scoring that's kind of his base question mark and i'm really curious to see how that develops still just a ton of upside um sohan very much feels like a thunder player and here at 12 i think that's a great great pick for okc I think he'll be what what we thought Aaron Gordon could be. Yeah, I think that's I, fair. I like that. You know, I heard Sam Vecini the other day say Jeremy Sohan. That's his first name, right? Jeremy? Yep. That Jeremy Sohan um, is like Scotty Barnes, just not as good. Yeah. And yeah. I think the Thunder absolutely that's fair. loved mm-hmm. Scotty Barnes last year. What makes yep. me most excited about him is that he's Polish and we could have a lot of cool t-shirts with some Polish guys on there. <laughs> 
<laughs> Polish sausage. Uh... Whoa, easy. <laughs> Jesus. Justin, you are up. Charlotte Hornets at pick 13. God. I think um, there's a pretty easy shoe one on this one, but I'm interested to see who you take. I'm uh again, I feel like they need a big um Mark Williams, I think, for that's I think that makes way too much sense. And then Nick, you get the last pick of the lottery, pick number 14, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm. I have a pretty I one that I think Me is seamless too. Here as well. And I know exactly Everyone, what you're thinking of. Everyone's Jacob. gonna sag Baje. I know. Yes, I know. Yes. That's not who I'm gonna go with though. Oh, I love it. Um burn it down. I think that as many forwards as they have, Tari Eason is still an impact player that could make some sense. I'm falling on Eason a little bit, but I, I'm with you. I kind of like um, the idea of keeping Malachi Branham in Ohio. Mm, that could be something. Why not? Yeah, I guess if you want a 40, go Liddell. If you want a guard, you go Branham. So you're going Eason? I like it's Branham Eason a lot. Yeah. All right, so to recap our mock draft here, Detroit Pistons take Chet at one. The Houston Rockets take Jabari Smith Jr. at two. Orlando takes Shaden Sharp at three, the first surprise of the draft. Sacramento Kings at four take Paulo Bancaro. The Thunder at pick number five take Jaden Ivey. At six, the Indiana Pacers take Keegan Murray. Seven, A.J. Griffin ends up in Portland. New Orleans Pelicans at pick eight take Dyson Daniels. San Antonio gets Ben Matherin at nine. At 10, the Washington Wizards select Jalen Duran. At 11, the Knicks take Johnny Davis. At 12, the Thunder get Jeremy Sohan. At 13, the Charlotte Hornets take Mark Williams. And at 14, the Cavs get Tari Eason. I think this draft is just so um, team position dependent, right? Like where yeah. do these teams end up? And like which teams drastically. are just looking at BPA versus which teams are actually trying to fill a role. Like right. I think I think teams like Charlotte and Cleveland very much trying to fill a role. Um, I think a lot of the other teams are best player available type of teams. So agree. Yep. It's very fascinating. Uh, some good stuff. Some good stuff. Um, we're already at an hour and three minutes. We don't want to keep our listeners too much longer. But I do want to ask real quick predictions on round two series. Uh, let's start with Boston versus Milwaukee. Milwaukee is now up 1 0. Who are you guys taking the series? Boston in seven. Sticking with Boston. Yep. Mm. See, I'm rooting for Boston, but uh, I think the Bucks are still going to do it. Giannis is that guy. Hey, give me the Bucks in seven. I'll take Boston as well. Uh, the other series out east, Philly versus Miami. Eesh. This one's tough, but assuming that uh, Embiid is banked up, I think this is another six or seven game series, but give me Miami in six. He's not playing game one and two, right? Yeah. I think that's correct. He's concussed. I think, I think James Harden says shh to all the haters. Ooh. Oh. Hmm. You're taking Philly? Yeah. There Justin? you go. Press X for doubt. I'm going with the Heat. <laughs> I think I'm going Heat as well. Um, Joel being out is just, I think, too big of a blow. Out West, we already have the Golden State Warriors up 1-0 on Memphis. Who do you guys got in this one? This Warriors. Is such a fun 
Memphis is too young. We've said it. Yeah. Give me Warriors in seven. I think it's a seven game series. This is going to be like very reminiscent, very uh, similar of the uh, finals 2013, okay, or 2012 OKC Thunder. I, I'm picking the Warriors as well, but I don't think it goes seven. I think they get it over more quickly. I'm with you, Justin. I got Warriors in five or six. Ooh. I think, I think it's going to be to use an OKC. Today was it. Yeah. I think to use an OKC analogy, Taylor, it's going to be more like the Thunder Mavs Western Conference Finals series. That year before, 2011. It was close. They showed fight, but the at the end, it was over pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. The last series out West, Phoenix Suns versus Dallas Mavericks. I'm going Suns. I, I think the optimism of uh, Devin Booker coming back, and I never trust trust the Mavs. <laughs> Luca banged up, also. Uh, yeah, I just uh, I know Booker missed time, but I'm I'm also rooting for the Suns. I just, I want to see CP3 get that ring. Um, so I think Suns and like six is probably pretty fair. Suns and six. I'll take Suns and six as well. The Suns just. When Dude, you can throw Mikael Bridges, at, yeah. Whenever you can throw Mikael Bridges at one guy and Jay Crowder at the other, and have Aiton on your back line, it's just a really good defensive team. You know, there's not a yeah. lot of teams in the playoffs that have two really high quality defenders that they can throw out and just lock somebody up. And I, I think that gives, especially on the wing, but that being able to control the so pace much. on the offensive end of the floor too, right? Like. Um, obviously the game slows yeah, down. The the point God, man. 14 of 14. Just right. Well, I, think, I think Chris Paul defensively might be the difference. Jalen Brunson is a thick boy and he gets yeah. in the paint. <laughs> I think Chris Paul thick is like two C's. Chris Paul is the guy that, that shuts that. Yeah. We forget how good of a defender Chris, like he's old now. Do you, Chris, do you put Chris, Chris Paul Brunson? Writer. I do. He's a pest dude. You throw Run Mike oh, he he gets blown by by CJ a lot in that first series. But Brunson's not a blow by. He's a he's a shifty, use his body, get into you, and bang out. Powerful. He's and I think Chris Paul's the ultimate reverse domino to that. Hmm. That's gonna be fascinating. There's there's a lot of uh chess pieces to move around. It's gonna be fun. Thank you guys so much for tuning in the podcast tonight. We really appreciate you. The live chat was absolutely hopping. That's awesome. We love to see it. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, thank you so much. Make sure to go subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts from. Also, go sub to our YouTube channel. Watch us live every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. We'll be back with you guys again Monday on Twitter with a Twitter space. And then Wednesday, it should be 8 p.m. We're tentatively scheduled to have another really cool guest on Wednesday. So our, our timing might be a little different. So just be on the lookout for that. But until then, you guys have a great week. Great start of your week. We will talk to you in about 24 hours on Twitter Spaces. Until then, and as always, Thunder Up! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.